Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And it is Listen, Give Live. And today I am so excited. We're going to have Gene Wernheim here from the Shanghai Synergy and Chinese Cultural Group here. We're so excited to have her here. Uh, She's going to talk about the music industry, what it is to deal with culture as an entrepreneur and everything. And let me get her company name correctly, everyone. It's the Shanghai Synergy Culture and Entertainment Group. Also, the APR Synergy Shanghai Culture and Technology Company. This woman is amazing. She is an entrepreneur. She's worked in the United States. She lives in Sweden, and she works with China. I really. And then she is married and children. I mean, like, how does she do it all? So without further ado, we're going to bring on Mr. J. Logan. Mr. Logan. How are oh, you doing, Mr. Logan? I'm doing fine. How are you doing today? I am doing fabulous, sir. I'm so excited about our guest and, yes. you know, what's going on today. You know, it's really like a lot like Samantha Rose last week of with Ultimate Spatula. She created an amazing company. She has a newborn. She knows her boundaries. She knows, when to, you know, what she needs to do as an entrepreneur. And I'm just so excited to have another person on like this who has just made a contribution everywhere she goes. I'm so excited, Jay. Yeah, it's good to be back this week, and I'm very excited too, and this is great that we have another wonderful guest on here, and our audience is going to really enjoy her like I am. (laughs) Well, Jay, what's happening out there to listen, give sound bites today with the news? I know we heard something about Jimmy Iovine. Share the... Share the uh, educational information. Oh yeah, um, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Levine is uh, doing uh, great with his business partner, Dr. Dre, and they, if you guys remember them, they got together on Beats headphones, and they made a lot of money. And we know Dr. Dre from uh, his musical career, He's producing a lot of groups. Uh, he started the Black IPs. Uh, Lady Gaga came from that side of things, and him and Jimmy have been working together for years. So. They have gotten together, which is extraordinary. They have gotten together, and they have donated $70 million to the University of Southern California. What? Uh, yeah, I, I tried to tell them to give it to you, listen, give, but they decided to give it to uh, the University of Southern California. And they've donated this money to the university, and uh, it's great. They're looking for the new Steve Jobs. Um, 
they're trying to develop a lot of the kids, and uh, you're making them into entrepreneurs. And uh, it's just wonderful that uh, you know these two guys can get together and, and, and donate their money. I hate to put a, a little bubble out there in what you're saying, but now this is going to college students. Are they going to do anything with the high school students, Jay? Did they say anything about that? Well, um, they didn't say anything about that, but I believe that the factions that are in control of the money will use it to, uh, you know, take it to some of the schools to get kids to come to the University of Southern California. So I'm pretty sure somehow it would trickle down to some of the programs used to recruit kids. I am excited about this. You know I love news like this. Well, you know, without further ado, I'd like to bring on Mrs. Wernheim. And while we do that, Jay, can you give us a little bit more about, you have some more sound bites for us as well. Oh, yes. Um, I know how you are an Apple fan, but Samsung has really taken the lead in the no, Android. No, 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 Jay, I have to interrupt you there. I am not an <laughs> Apple fan. Okay. I did not let you fly with them. I accepted Apple equipment, but that does not mean that I am an Apple fan. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let not my co-host lead you to believe that I am actually an Apple fan, because this is not the case, my friends. Well, so. I'm, I'm, I know I'm not going to put that on you, Miss Gale, because I also know you are a Google fan. So I do know that, and Google is the founder of the Android operating system, and one of their third-party companies, Samsung, has just just tore up the marketplace this first quarter. Out of uh, $5.3 billion, they were able to acquire and make profit, 5.1. And they, they pretty much have almost made more than Google, you know, pretty much. And they're not even the creators. Samsung has a great marketing campaign. They are great products out there. And they're just doing really good right now. And uh, my hat's off to Samsung because, you know, I want one of those those uh, uh, Galaxy 4s whenever it comes out. And uh, I'm just very, I'm just glad that, you know, the whole global market, it doesn't matter where you are. The world is just getting so much smaller. Everybody gets to play ball. And that's what I'm happy. I'm happy to see Samsung do good, as well as Apple. Well, I am too. I just want to make sure that, you know, you don't put <laughs> out there to everyone. But without further ado, I am going to actually add our uh, friend to come on over. Is that okay with you, Mr. Logan? That's wonderful. Let's, let's get the ball rolling. Yes, and please... Jay, would you continue to share with our audience while I bring Ms. Wernheim on? Hello? Jay, would you continue to share with our audience about the various news while I bring Ms. Wernheim on? I sure will. Um, uh, 
Have we lost you, Jay? Okay, I'm back. I'm, I'm sorry we're having a little technical, technical, technical problem. Technical <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely well, doing that. I'm also excited about the uh, 2013, uh, to our audience, uh, Billboard Award, uh, excuse me, BET Awards. It was going to start in late June, and um, I'm just so excited about some of the new artists that are going to be on this show. Um one of the artists, he's not new, his name is Drake. He's been nominated for 12 awards, so we know he's going to be bringing some hardware home this year. Um, he's from Toronto, and um, you guys know him. Uh, Drake is a really talented uh, uh, entertainer. Uh, Chris Brown and R. Kelly are also supposed to be performing. And um, and then what I'm really excited about, Gail, is Chris Tucker will be the host of this show. So we're and going to be is, laughing. Yeah, we are definitely going to be laughing. Well, Jay, I, will, I am going to now add our friend, Ms. Wernheim, and everybody just be patient with us while we bring on Ms. Wernheim. I tell you, technology helps, but it doesn't help, Jay. <laughs> Hello, is that Ms. Wernheim? Hello? Hi, Ms. Wernheim, how are you? This is Gail and Jay Logan, and we're from Listen Give, and our audience is just excited to have you on. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me, too. <laughs> well, we are so excited to have you. And, you know, some we know that this is going to be such, a, you know, an amazing opportunity for our audience to hear from you, especially, you know, some of the things that we're going to share with them from your experience as an entrepreneur. So, you know, oh, well, <laughs> yes. So we wanted to know, uh, Ms. Wernheim, you know, can we call you Jean? Yes, please. Thank you so much. Mrs. Wernheim, I sound very old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, know, you know you're very young. And, and Jean, would you please say, this is Jay Logan. Jay, this is Jean. Hi, Jay. Hi. Thank you for having me. This is I'm exciting for me, too. We're glad to have you, Jean. Well, one of the things, Jean, that Jay and I wanted to talk with you about is we're so pleased to have you today speaking about your journey as an entrepreneur in the United States, China, and Sweden. So we'd like to ask you, how did you get started as an entrepreneur? Oh, wow. That's a long story question. (laughs) Uh, To be short, uh, basically I've... Um, in the music industry, and uh, the music industry uh, is facing a big changes uh, of uh, the development. And as my old record label in Sweden was um, basically closed down due due to all this new technology situation happening, and um, so uh, it kind of like pushed me to think. Further, so what I'm going to do next, since my one part of my life seems ending, the professional life is kind of ending, and what do I want to do? And uh, part of the reason I went into the music industry is I have a very long-term planning for myself, because I like the music industry and I have a lot of international marketing business uh, experience background. So I really want to use a lot of my uh, own experience, and uh, and I believe that there's a lot of things need to be done too. So 
that's how I really started this uh, into the my own music business uh, with the few partners I have uh, in China and uh, U.S. Wow, um, Jean, what is it like? What is it like as, as an entrepreneur working in the United States, then China and Europe? Uh, what is it like? Um, I'm not so sure how to describe that because uh, uh, I'm sitting actually pretty far remote, pretty much on north on top of the world, <laughs> on the earth, in the globe. And um, I have business partners in the U.S. And uh, in, in, in the morning I wake up, I work in one time zone. Uh, talking to Asia, my Shanghai and Beijing offices, and uh, try to make things smooth out. And then during the daytime, the European partners were coming in to talk to us, uh, talk to me all the time. And then in the late afternoon, the U.S. partner coming in. So I, it's basically 24 hours uh, a day's uh, work. That's how it's like. Wow. Well, how, you know, Jean. You know, one of the things I would like to ask you. Okay. How you know? What do you think we can learn? And well, before we go into that, what do you think we can learn in connecting artists from China, United States, and Europe together? Um, okay, this actually is a very tough. Uh, questions for me to answer because I have been trying to working in this area for past almost 20 years now, try to bring the uh, East and West artists uh, to work together. And um, I would have to say uh, after such a long years, the results are still very little and poor in many ways. Um, but that doesn't really mean it's not possible with the new technology and internet connections and mobile technology changing. Things are just changing so rapidly. Um, so that's one reason I want to go into it to, to, to develop the platform that we're currently working in China. Um, so recently we have our artists, uh, just probably the example I, I can bring here is uh, uh, my artist, uh, Rohan Jia, is, uh, is a Chinese artist. Uh, we were planning to take her to uh, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. It's, I know it's unusual. <laughs> the, the reason we want to do that to do a, a, a concert there together with an American rock band called Edison. And uh, the reason we are doing this, is, this concert here is uh, to test out the, our live broadcasting uh the technology we recently uh, developed in Madison, Wisconsin. That's one of the reasons. And uh, the re- we were broadcasted back to China. And then at the same time, the the video can be, well, the, the, the concert will be recorded as a video, so it will be uh, put online. And then that's one way to bring the East and West artists together through technology show. And then the, with this new technology we're doing, with, there's a lot of interactive program can encourage people not only in China but worldwide to interact with the, with artists or with the audience in another part of the world. And that's uh, 
that's a new testing here to see that's hope that this will break the ground to bring this such a difficult task I have for the past 20 years to see maybe some kind of result. Hmm. Well, Jean, how, Jean, how does culture, how does culture, culture play a part in the music industry? Uh, very much, actually. Um, I think the most we we all very clear understand is the languages very often will be the obstacle when you listen to someone. Oh, maybe the melody can reach you some way, but the lyrics part, if you don't understand it, it kind of cuts the half power away. Um, and also, the different culture has a kind of different taste in the temp rhythm or uh, type of style where the melodies uh, goes up and down. Because like Chinese music is basic, doesn't have the same music scale as the Western music in the composition wise. Um, so it, it, it's something that people are used to when you grow up with, or it's something that it's just so bizarre. Sometimes it just creates a tension. Uh, so, uh, that's uh, yeah, it's played a very important part. However, again, the world is in a way is kind of shrinking due to the technology, and people are traveling so much, and people are learning from each other, and there's a lot of awareness of, of other cultures. So people are learning other cultures, and that's one of the great things happening now. Is okay, it's unique to be different cultures in that case. What is it like for you as an entrepreneur living in Europe and experiencing that culture and then going to China and the United States? Uh, can you repeat the question? Yeah. I want to know <laughs> what, what is, I would like to know uh-huh. what is it like for you? What is it like yeah. for you as an entrepreneur living in Europe Yes. And experiencing uh-huh. that culture, and then going to China yes. and experiencing that culture, and then the United States. Oh, okay. Um, I think I'm, one of the this has turned out to be a big asset of uh, my whole career because having gone through at least three continents here, uh, and uh, I. I would like to claim a little bit is I have very thorough understanding of each culture and how Western thinking, I mean, American thinking, European thinking, and Asian thinking. And for me, it's very easy to communicate with all different kinds of people. Um, I believe, Gail, that's why you thought I was kind of different when we met uh, in <laughs> France. <laughs> <laughs> During this international music trade show, that's it's that's just where I, I mean, I I felt I can talk to anyone anywhere, even outside of planet, like feel like that way, <laughs> and it kind of helped me to develop a a lot of communication skill and understand deep, very deep understanding psychologically or mentally. I can read people in a much better way, and and sometimes. Uh, it's a very good example. Sometimes my husband's a Swedish, and when we travel, and uh, he's talking to someone in Thailand, and then he, they're both speaking English, but they don't understand each other. So I had to be translated by using English for the, both of them. <laughs> so 
And sometimes the Japanese the business people came, and they were using kind of the very Japanese way of expression. And the Americans were misunderstanding what they really mean. But I would, but I would be able to tell the American counterpart and say, no, that's not really what Japanese business meant. Even though he said yes, but he meant no. So that's something uh, I learned, and being where I am, and. Uh, my living experience and uh, all this culture and contacts helped me to have a much deeper and easier uh, way of to do things. And that help, I think, is when you're building a business relationship. You know, going, you know, speaking of that, you know, when we look at um, Jean, you know, this is something very important that you just spoke about, because many people, as you know they think that they understand culture from reading a book. But it's much different uh-huh. from when you're interacting with others. You know, this may sound like a very similar question, but it's very different based on what you just said. What are the benefits, do you think, you know, with people having your kind of knowledge, not just in the music industry, but, you know, across the board in business in general? Like being, you know, I think that's very powerful what you just said, that, you know, two people are speaking the same language, but they mean something totally different. What do you think the benefits of culture is in the music industry and across other industries? Well, okay. Um, It's actually, a lot of music people like to claim that music has no border and can communicate to each other. Uh, However, sometimes it's still kind of like a, very profound difference. Um, I'm trying to think of example here. It's uh, uh, okay. For example, the Chinese pop uh, to every Chinese, there can bring the tear, can bring the memories to them. But the same sound when they're Western, they listen because they're not understanding the language, the language and lyrics first. So the impact to them is they say, okay, it's sounded like a whining tune. <laughs> so, you know, and because very often I sometimes, oh, isn't this a beautiful Chinese music? And, and then I play it to my husband and he would just look at me and say, uh-huh, okay. And then uh, and sometimes when I try to bring a really a strong rock music to my nephew in Taiwan and uh and he would just say, oh, it's a little bit noisy. <laughs> wow. So it's, so it's, uh, well, I don't know if I answered your question no, in that did. sense. You did. Um, Jay, do you have a question in that area? Because I'm sure you want to get into asking questions in that area. Yeah, I, I, I have, um, I was wondering, like, when you, um, I want to know what is missing in the music industry from that with, that would support music all over the world in your opinion so what is this well actually I want to say okay being in music world people think they're very open minded but very often they are not mm-hmm. and I find uh, a lot of people just say oh I love music as long as music is great I will open my my arm my heart for it but very often when they hear, oh, it's another language, they automatically shut their ears off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is this has happened to me a lot because I had to travel to all different countries to sell different music, and I have been selling the the uh, Western 
rock and roll to the Chinese, uh, and uh, and I tried to bring the very folk Chinese music to the western part of the world and try to convince them, say, oh, this is something that will be sold <laughs> in different countries. Okay. So, and I can see it just automatically when you play it in sound, and they just after that maybe a few notes, they just you can see their eyes and face are already closed. Um, but there are people who are very open-minded too. But but I think it will take times because uh, the music actually represents the culture very much too. So it's a very different kind of approach. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't really like the Chinese the traditional music myself. Um, but after that, living in the Western part of the world longer time, and now I go back to listen to it, and I'm very touched by this Chinese traditional music now. And I believe that there are a lot of people um, that I, from my generation or from what the same kind of upbringing, black background, would agree the same. It takes some time to learn and accept. Uh, so that's uh, that would be my wish to say uh, this kind of op- Invisible obstacle can slowly remove in the future. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Really, truly blinded. (laughs) Yes, that that girl that's so interesting. Jean is a pioneer because what she's doing is extraordinary. She's bringing all these cultures together, and when she's at the beginning stages of letting all these countries accept each other's music, and she said music is part of the culture. So, Jean, you're amazing. What you're doing. Is amazing. I don't know if I could do that because that's a big task. I, mean, <laughs> uh, I I don't I didn't know what I was doing actually. <laughs> uh, it just I liked to, uh, since I was a kid. I like to imitate people speaking, and um, that's how I was able to speak English in one way. I would say, uh, and um, by living in different countries, I learned different languages at the same time. I can't say I'm fluent on it, but uh, each culture, each language has it has such an impact. Not only uh, your logical thinking, but it affects. I mean, I don't know if you know that each language has a very different body language, also. So very often when I speak, yeah, because when I speak English, my hands just start waving a little bit. Um, when I sometimes when I speak Japanese, my hands tend to be just very tight to, to close to my my hand, and I start acting like Japanese a little bit, just start bowing. Um, and if I'm doing French and my shoulder just keep on raising up and my lips start pouting, <laughs> that's <laughs> so it's it's uh, that so it's kind of interesting and fun thing for me to learn. Uh, and and I I like to observe people in the very details too. I mean, from the way that you dress and it will affect, and then they look how they listen to music and how they move with the music. All those kind of things are part of the understanding and and knowledge as well. So it's it's very fun, actually. I think a lot of people are actually doing it without knowing it. And obviously I started that way, too. Well, that's interesting. You know, Jean, what really hit me, and I don't know, Jay, if you – heard that very important part that Jean spoke of is that the, not only, you know, because I know that in J- Japan body language is very important and in certain cultures body language is important. It could even actually uh, be very offensive depending on your body language in certain cultures. 
I think that's important for people to note that while we are all human beings, there's a way in business that we could function and actually lose business based on our way of being with the other person. So my question to you is, what would you like to see happen around the world in business and tech in general? Like what are some of the things, you know, just culturally wise and otherwise you'd like to see entrepreneurs take on, whether they're in the business area or the tech area, that you think that a lot of them make mistakes in? Uh, the last part of this uh, question, a lot of them what? In, in other words, a lot of people make mistakes as entrepreneurs in, uh-huh. in business and tech. And what mm-hmm. what would you like to see happen around the world with regard to business and technology and how people connect and communicate with one another? Um, that's seems to have a lot of private answers <laughs> I have to think about. Um, I would like to see, um, uh, first of all, of course, the respect for the music creations and the artists of uh, uh, hardworking, because that's the part uh, right now the most difficult part for, for for my current situation is the piracies. Well, nowadays they don't even consider it piracy because when you have internet streaming, suddenly it kind of rip off a lot of uh, revenue or, or, or money earnings opportunity for the for the writer, for the artist, or for the music company. Uh, and actually, I was pretty sad. <laughs> Um, this uh, last month I was in a seminar and it's uh, talking about the China market and uh, a lot of um, people there are from different fields, different product line and everybody is very excited about the China market booming and uh, and talking about the, their products, the money selling and how they can do it and I was the only one saying well my product right now it's not selling it's a free and, and that really made me really sad because music is just such a thing that people can't live without. Uh, it's it's in the life, and it's uh, it's very important to everybody's daily life. Uh, yet right now the world seems not recognize the value of it and not uh, giving the same respect um, to the creation too. So. That's just something I would like to see if, if the technology can help. Well, it, it actually it, it breaks the, uh, the, the music, but at the same time, I do believe that with uh, all the development, the technology will help uh, to bring the music's uh, value up to what it's supposed to be. Um, so that that would that would be my wish. Well, wow, that's great, Jay. I think you had a question as well. Yeah, Jean, I, I hear I hear that you're in, into technology and into the tech industry as well. What is your company up to in technology? What are you guys doing? Um, we currently are um, trying to. Well, it's I'm not a technical people, so I tend to have a difficulty to say it in a very uh, technical way. Uh, basically, we try to develop certain kinds of technology to help people, encouraging people to use music. Uh, for example, we we have developed certain, several uh, different kind of media editing tools 
uh, including audio tools and uh, the video tool that that will encourage people to use the music to create something new for your own use or for sharing or for commercial purpose. And so we we would like to, we probably would launch a um, multimedia editing tools uh, apps uh, very soon in China. And basically this is the steps is to help people to interact to each other and to use music because music to us is, it's not only just for listening. It should be used in anywhere, and it and uh, we will provide tools and the platform for it to use. And the most important is not only people can do it in the front that to to create the new content or listening to uh, something great music that we will provide, um, but the back end is it will have a a copyright control and, and transparent accounting system and help oh. the content provider to have the opportunity and right to receive and monitor the accounting, the, the royalties uh, transactions. And this is something we try to develop for the future, the music business, at least for China market right now. Oh, that's, that's right. what my company is doing. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. What? What do you think, okay, what do you think tech will provide for the music industry? And do you think, I heard you speak earlier about technology as well. So this is really, this is to give your full opinion that we would love to hear, Jean, on what you think the tech um, industry will provide for the music industry. And do you also think that technology takes away from the music industry as well in some ways? Um, well, actually, uh, the technology is actually a part of the reason the, the situ- current situation is kind of chaotic is because uh, the music people were resisting the technologies in, in early stage and only take them a, quite a long time to realize that they can use the technology to their benefit. But it's when it is, what that's just when it's People don't like change too much, but this is a typical situation here. Um, sorry, what's your question? Question about how technology? Yes, the question was, Jean. You said that tech. You know, we wanted to ask you because we heard this in one of your other questions. Like, I get the feeling that you feel that technology helps the music industry, but in some ways, we want to ask you, what ways do you think technology will help the music industry, and what ways do you think technology takes away from the music industry? Well, I'm hoping that we won't take away anything from music. Uh, the, it's like when I first came to the music industry, I was surprised the music industry people were so narrow-minded that they just said, we just want to produce CD and sell it the way it is. And they don't think about other things. And I was, I, because I came from different industry background, and I would just say, okay, the toys, uh, a lot of tech product line. A lot of electronic lines or or anything. There's so many places you can put the music in. Why not just film, not just advertising only? Uh, so it and that was 20 years ago. And when I was saying stuff like that, and the, most of my music colleagues was laughing at me. They said, "We forgive you. You're not from the music industry." Um, because I was I hate the toys I bought for my daughter that's claiming a dancing machine and the music was really terrible back then. Uh, 
And now you can see a lot of other lines come with excellent music quality and with the phone nowadays it changed the world so much now. Um, so I, I see the technology create a much more uh, music environment, the revenue for people to, to use and possibly to earn money as well. Uh, so it's it's healthy way, but it's going to take some time people to learn about it and to get used to it and to know how to use it wisely. Very, very, very good point. And and Jay, what do you have any questions in the area of tech for uh, Gene? Yes, I do, Jill. And I was just going to ask you what you think, what she thinks about. She mentioned streaming, and she was she was talking about mm-hmm. the revenues for streaming don't seem fair. I just wanted her to get a little bit more into why does she think streaming and the royalties aren't fair to musicians. Jean, could you tell us about streaming music on the Internet and why um, they you feel that they don't get paid enough, the artists and the, the publishers and stuff like that? Um, I was, that, That's because of streaming nowadays, very much still majorities, you, you pay zero to writer or the performer. Uh, however, streaming, if we can look at the streaming like what we did with the radio uh, first came in, uh, then if a certain, certain part of the party would chip in a little money, because somebody's making money from streaming. <laughs> um, <laughs> so right. just by sharing the part of it to the original creator, I think it's a fair and it's it's something possibly to be done. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we, we where my company we said we tried to build a technology by streaming. You still generate the revenue for the content provider and the right the writer. Still, uh, it's there's a lot of things you can share, but it just there's a lot of greed in many parts. Uh, in these layers when the technology come into play and because most people don't really understand. So it's just kind of, actually the consumers thought they're getting free. They are not getting Uh free streaming because they're paying for the bandwidth. They're paying for uh, whatever the technology product line in order to get the streaming. So it's, but the thing is, none of those who went back to the creators of the content, and that's why the, the, now it's so imbalanced in many ways. I mean, this situation is very much so in China market at this moment. Uh, however, the industry there has recognized uh, the situation, and the government now also listening, so they are start changing it now. So, like China's now, now recently. That's just changed the law that radio has to pay. Okay, this has been done in the Western world, but in China, this is the first time. And they start putting the charge for the radio airplay, the the music, uh, or even now they're even talking about streaming, they will have to be paid in some kind of format. Uh, it's not completely clear what's going to happen yet, but their talk and the government's are willing to put the effort to support this. And hopefully the China market will really become one of the greatest amazing market in the world in the next few years. Do you have another question, Jay? Yeah, I just think that's amazing. I just My question was to you and her, 
Gil, do you think uh, streaming is the same as radio airplay? Because I do think I think I think that they should be paid the same royalty. Streaming is just like listening to the radio, and the companies that stream should pay the musicians and publishers the same amount of money. I think it's not fair. I was wondering, what do you guys think? Well, Gail, you want to answer? I'm actually trying to think, you know, based on what he said, you know, that's a hard question for me to answer, Gene and Jay. It really, truly is a hard question for me to answer because, you know, radio streaming is also on the Internet now, you know, has been for some years. I mean, you know, if you think about it, we're streaming right now, you know what I mean, from, you know, live and, you know, the difference is that, as a company, Jay and I and our team, we pay for it, okay? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there is some payment, as you said, Jay, there is some payment for what we do. And, you know, Gene, I have to say, one of the things in speaking with you on this show, you are such a welcome addition because what we're hearing from you is not only are you a record label, but you also care truly about the artists themselves. And that is such a rarity to be a record label and also care about the artist. Well, well, how can a record label survive without the artist? <laughs> to, to me, I mean, this is just like uh, it, it's together. It's you need a heart, you need a body, you need a, you have a body, you have a soul, you have a that it had need to be together. Well, I'm sure, as you know, the industry doesn't always look at it that way. And, you know, one of the things, I have a question for you and Jay, Jean, and that question mm-hmm. is recently YouTube announced paid channels, you know, mm-hmm. that a user, yeah. can, a user can actually, you know, this is in the last 10, 15 days, that a user can actually charge for their content, okay? Now, in the, mm-hmm. case of, in the case of what you're creating or what I or Jay would create around music and other things, I think that's great because now you can actually monetize. That may be a way of putting things out even for the, um, the Asian artists that you're speaking of from China to break into different markets or vice versa, American artists to break in through the technology form that you're using. What becomes an issue is when we have people who want you to pay for basically junk, Okay. My question, to, my question to you, Gene and Jay, um, and uh, you know, is now that we have a situation with YouTube where it's a paid situation, if you want to charge, um, uh-huh. Gene, how do you see that moving forward, where we don't get, you know, bombarded with content or even musical t- content that's not even worth being pay- worth paying for? Okay, uh, I, I'm not quite sure the system they use. It's like uh, you you have to pay first in order to know what you want to buy. Yeah, it's in or... <laughs> you get you get access to the content. But the thing is, in some cases, Jean, you may not know what mm-hmm. you're buying because it's up to the user now if they want to charge. Oh. Hmm. So you may not know what you're getting. Okay, that's, I guess uh, it's probably certain kind of regulation need to be done because you cannot, it's kind of like a consumer law is developed to protect the consumer that you, you need to have a way to, uh, uh, certain law that you cannot say that, that you're, you're selling not 
something that what you claim that's one thing, and, and all you have is lousy qualities uh, products that <laughs> <laughs> you can return. Exactly. I, I, I'm not sure how that works yet, but uh, uh, generally I thought that for people, the, they should be able to have a way to re- review the product before they purchase. Uh, but if it's a pay channel, so probably the YouTube has to bear a lot of responsibility to how to uh, identify the product line if this is exactly what they claimed. Uh, and what, is, what are your thoughts, Jay? I agree with Jean. Um, some kind of moderator or some type of uh, maybe fan review and we rate it. And um, if, it's, if it's not uh, high up in the ratings, uh, then, you know, you read it. And it has to be rated. It has to be rated or moderated by somebody to say, "Hey, this is good product. I recommend that you buy this." Or this is terrible junk, like you said earlier. Please stay away from this stuff. Or this content is not good for uh, children. Or this, you know, they don't have to do anything. They don't have to rate these things and give it some type of PG rating. Um, this is good stuff. This is bad stuff. Um, they might be going too fast. So you need some type of uh, moderation or some type of review board to look at this stuff because I don't want to pay for stuff that's junk and, um, you know, I was well, looking at Amazon. One thing is, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say, okay. I, was, I was looking at Amazon, and they have yeah, this just, new thing where you buy Amazon, Amazon money, and then Amazon kind of does the review of the stuff. And you just buy these, these little coins, Amazon coins, and then you buy product from Amazon. I just, I just want to say that. And so what were you about to say, Jean? Um, so it, it just kind of come to a, a lot of people make complaints in China that uh, one of the obstacles of Chinese music developments are blocked is because of censorship. Uh, but at the same time, it's a, the Chinese censorship is very often also rely on the people that, who put the content up. Uh, for example, if we're going to release certain kind of music, we have to do a self-censor ourselves to make sure the content follow the com- country's rule and law and the general uh, audience uh, uh, requirement. So I would assume YouTube had to do something like that in I'm, order to uh, c- continue their mod. Otherwise, it will create a just totally, I don't know, it's a it's, it's wild, wild west situation. <laughs> Well, and that and that is very true. I mean, they're still talking more about it. Um, you know, we have two more questions for you, Jean, and we want to thank you for being with us up until this time. Um, Jana, you had one question for her. Yes, I did. I wanted to know um, what is your favorite charity, Jean, and why? My favorite what? Your favorite charity. Charity. Your, yes, your your favorite cause or charity, and why? It's kind of like um, if you like uh, support breast cancer, or if you support uh, helping kids, uh, risk kids at risk, or give me a charity, or just helping people in general. What do you love to help throughout the throughout the world? Um, for me, I probably because uh, well, this kind of got back to get back to my earlier conversation with the girls. Um, my daughter's adopted from China, and. Um, and for me, I love children, and like uh, I like I like to t- to watch kids learn, 
and uh, and it really break my heart to see it. A, a child came to the world that was not able to survive because of uh, a lack of money or the environment was not suitable for living. Uh, this kind of thing just it, it touched me the most on how to support them uh, in the long term, long run, not just by providing the money for one-time use. Mm. That's that's very you know that's very interesting, Jean, because one of the things that we know that a lot of people are not aware of, but India, uh, some parts of China, some parts of also mm-hmm. Africa has the largest mm-hmm. genocide of young female children. And um, when I say genocide, a lot of children, you know, in certain parts of the world, even in, in certain parts of Africa, in certain parts of Africa, children, you know, are abandoned either because the population is too much or mothers can't take mm-hmm. care of their children. And you really do mm-hmm. wonder how can these kids be taken care of. Yes, um, that's, uh, I guess it's one of my dreams will be, when one day I would I retire if I still have ability, it's it's to help help out the young children and to provide not only just money but lots of love and lots of education and a lot of experience and helping the kids to grow up. And that will be that's kind of like my own dream. That case. That's beautiful. And you know, one of the the last questions that Jay and I both had for you is. Is there any last words, you know, for people who wish to become entrepreneurs, especially, Jean, young people? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of young people out of college who want to own their own businesses. What advice would you give them? Um, I would advise to learn and to be truthful to yourself first, uh, not just because... Uh, because I think a lot of people come into the be own boss because they sometimes uh, don't really learn to face themselves. Uh, what I mean is they think they're better than others. Mm-hmm. That's very often not the entrepreneurs got into the business. Um, so and that sometimes may work, but very often this kind of if you don't face yourself, uh, be truthful to yourself, it, it, it's in the long run, it's really not going to work. Mm. You know, I, I, that, that that says a lot, you know, and um, one of the things I would like to say is, and you tell me, you and Jay, this is a question for you and Jay before we leave, is do you think, Gene and Jay, that a lot of times, you know, as much as culture can be different, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And when you spoke about being an entrepreneur, Gene, I think that that's something what you just said is universal. Yes. Yes. And so with something like that, you know, what, you know, what, I get, you know, it's hard to even ask this question, but really for young people who are facing themselves, you know what I mean, today, what mm-hmm. is the best way, Gene and Jay, do you think that young people can face themselves to be true to themselves. Well, um, I think the best thing and the best uh, way kids can be true to themselves is make sure they set goals 
and make sure that when they set their goal, they accomplish their goal that they're going to set. And don't set large goals. Just do one step at a time. A lot of times these kids, they, 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 get, they get unfocused. So if they just set one goal, work on that, one baby step at a time, and just climb the ladder of success, that will keep them to be true to themselves. Any last words, Jean, for you? Uh, probably. That's a very good advice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do do something that you know that you can do and try not to do something you know you actually had doubt or you deep down you know yourself how much you can do. Uh, to be truthful to yourself and uh, uh, to set a goal that you can reach first. And that's a, yeah, uh, that's a good advice, and I agree with that, and that will be the steps. And, you know, the last part that I would say is when you have people such as Jean Wurheim who's, you know, gone out to get the experience, of, of working with different cultures, even understanding different cultures, understanding not only the language, but the way in which people speak and the way they express themselves of those cultures. I think that's important for any young people who want to venture into working with other people in other countries. You cannot get it from just a book. You have to interact with other people and respect them and respect what they believe in. So with that said, yes. Jean, we want to thank you so much. You've brought so much and made such a difference on today's show. We really thank you. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you, too. And really an honor and glad to be in this program. Thank you. And we will definitely make thank sure you. that this is available to all of your colleagues and so forth. So, Jay and Jean, thank you for your time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.